G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Multiple studies have found that there's a strong link between heavy social media and an increased risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. Society has no answers. The real ills that plague us are spiritual in nature. Pastor Greg Laurie says we shouldn't try to fix spiritual issues with earthly, secular band-aids. What culture cannot do, Jesus can. But you must call out to Him. This is the day when the lost are found. science sure has come a long way in the last century. Little more than a hundred years ago, doctors treated many maladies by bloodletting. Now there are so many targeted medications that they have to get creative with the names. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we should treat our spiritual ills with the same kind of targeted effective treatment. Treatment recommended by our maker. tell you a story from the Bible. It's a story of a man who had been completely taken over by the power of the devil. A tortured, miserable, suicidal shell of a man in what appeared to be an absolutely hopeless situation. That is until Jesus came along. What we see in this man is the devil's package deal, if you will, that he has in store for any person who is in his grip. You see, the devil will start with just a foothold and then he'll take over. Give him an inch and he'll take a mile. And once he has you where he wants you, he'll chew you up and he'll spit you out. The story before us illustrates these points and more. We see three forces at work and the text that we're gonna be looking at. We see Satan, society, and the Savior. Or another way to look at it, we see chaos, culture, and then Christ. Now as our story begins, we see that Jesus is on his way to reach this tragic man who had actually been taken over by the power of demons. Not one demon, not ten demons, but many demons as it turns out. Turn now to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 which says, So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadarenes, and when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. 
No one was strong enough to subdue him. And day and night he wandered among the burial caves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with stones. When Jesus saw him some distance away, uh, the men saw him and ran to meet him and bowed before him. And with a shriek he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. We see some interesting and surprising things here about the devil and demons. Number one, this point may surprise you, but it's true. Demons, though wicked, are actually quite orthodox in their beliefs. James 2.19, it says, The demons believe and tremble. But why do the demons tremble? Answer, because they know that Christ has supremacy over him. In fact, the demons ask, Jesus, have you come to torment us before our time? The devil knows that a time of judgment is coming. He knows he's ultimately going to end up in the lake of fire. Revelation 12, 12 says, he knows he has but a short time. And that is why in these last days, and I believe we are in the last days, I believe Jesus is coming back again. That is why in these last days, the devil is pulling out all the stops. Listen to this. Even if some liberal theologians don't believe it, Satan believes that Jesus Christ is coming back again. And his goal is to wreck as much havoc as he can until that day. Man, as Christians, could we be at least as motivated as the demons are? I mean, they're out there doing all their dirty work trying to destroy lives. What are we doing for the Lord? When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? So we see three forces at work in this story, as I said. Satan, society, and the Savior. Or another way to put it, chaos, culture, and Christ. So we've already seen what the devil did in this man's life. Just He brought complete chaos. It was Peter Marshall former chaplain to the U.S. Senate who made this statement years ago, and I quote, the choice before us is plain, Christ or chaos, conviction or compromise, discipline or disintegration, end quote. That's so true. Christ or chaos. What did the devil do for this man? He brought chaos. He brought destruction. He brought bondage. Well, what did society do for him? They just chained him up. What can society do? Lock them up, chain them up. Uh, there's not really anything else we can bring to the table. You know, in America right now, we have riots in our streets. In some cities, we have outright anarchy. And the potential is there for it to get far worse. Those that service in law enforcement have never had it harder, and they have it right now. The family continues to disintegrate and break apart. And by the way, that's at the root of most of our social ills today. Society and culture cannot cope with the problems caused by Satan and sin. Social media. Most of us carry one of these things around with us in our pocket, a smartphone. Social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, all these things are supposed to bring us closer together, but I think social media in many ways has divided us and driven us apart. I can think of times I'm sitting in a restaurant and there's a family all sitting at a table. Uh, I, I think uh, you know, they went to go have a meal together, but everyone is just looking at their phone. They're not even paying attention to one another. They don't talk anymore. I read a 
article in Forbes magazine about this with the headline, The More We Use Social Media, The Less Happy We Seem to Be. Another article said multiple studies have found that there's a strong link between heavy social media and an increased risk for depression, anxiety, loneliness, self-harm, and even suicidal thoughts. Society has no answers for this man. Society or culture has no answers for us either. But what the chains could not do, Jesus did in one word. And that brings us to the third force, if you will, in the story, the Savior. What did Jesus do for this man? First of all, he sought him out in his spooky little graveyard and he offered him hope. Now, here's a bizarre twist in the story. You can read it there in Mark chapter five. But the demons actually offer up a request and say, if you're gonna cast this out of this guy, cast this into something. And there was a herd of pigs feeding nearby and Jesus cast the demons into the pigs and then the pigs all ran off the edge of a cliff and died. It was mass suicide. No, I'm kidding. But... It was the first case of deviled ham in human history. But the, the pigs possessed by the demons go over the side. Wow, pretty scary. So what culture could not do, Jesus could. What religion cannot do, Jesus can. What treatment programs cannot provide, the Lord can. Listen, you don't need a 12-step program. You need a one-step program. Come to God through Jesus Christ and ask Him to help you. Thanks for joining us today on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. It's great to have you with us. Now we're considering the story of the demon-possessed man today in Mark chapter 5 as Pastor Greg presents his message, God is bigger than your problem. Let's continue. So this man is radically transformed. All these demons have left him and they've gone into the pigs and, and the people come and see this man in his right mind and they can't remember this is the guy that they've known all this time. Look at Mark chapter five, verse 15. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind. So what's their reaction? They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and they were told about the pigs as well. And the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Wow. Now this man is so changed you couldn't even tell he was the same guy. You know, you meet some Christians and it's hard to believe that they used to be who they were. I think of some people I've gotten to know quite well like Daryl Strawberry, great baseball player, for the New York Yankees and other teams, but he became the bad boy of baseball and he was known in many ways more for what happened outside of the game. Arrested for drugs, all kinds of problems in his life, but God ultimately got hold of him and transformed him. And I'll tell you, when I hang out with Daryl, it's hard to believe he was ever that guy, but the Lord has transformed him. Then I think of my friend Michael Franzies, a mobster. His father, Sonny Franzese, who died recently and up until that moment was the oldest living mobster in America. He actually made it past 100. A Sonny was an enforcer or a hitman for the Colombo crime family. And his son, Michael, was being groomed to become the next godfather of that family. Michael was arrested. He was sent to prison. 
and he came to Christ while he was in prison. And finally, Alice Cooper. When you think of Alice, you think of him as maybe the godfather of shock rock, you know? Uh, the scary guy who puts a snake around his neck. And, but Alice Cooper was living a crazy life. Believe it or not, he was the son of a pastor. But uh, he rebelled against God and almost died with a rock of cocaine the size of a softball. And uh, God got hold of Alice and turned him around. And he's a different man now. Okay, so how do the people react to this amazing demonstration of the power of God? We should have read, and the people all gave glory to God. But no, one of the Gospels tells us, commenting on the same story, the people were afraid. You see, this demonstration of the power of God frightened them. They should have been rejoicing, but instead they were afraid. And they should have been pleading with Jesus to stay with them, but they did the very opposite. Apparently the guys who own the herd of swine were pretty ticked off because they made a lot of money off those pigs. Hogs were big business on this side of the lake and 2,000 hogs, that's how many went over the cliff, uh, is a lot of bacon. And now they're on the bottom of the lake. Pickled ham, anyone? <laughs> so Jesus was bad for their business. Is Jesus bad for your business? I hope not. Whatever career choice you've made, if you can ask the Lord to bless it, maybe you need a new career. I'd take that a step further. If you can't say to the Lord, hallowed be your name over what you're about to do, then don't do it. And so Jesus was bad for their business and they wanted him to go away. They didn't want him around. Now here, as we come to the end of the story, is an interesting twist. We have three prayers offered. We have the demon's prayer. We have the people's prayer. And then we have a prayer offered by the man who had been formerly possessed by demons. Jesus answered two of the prayers with a yes and the final prayer with a no. First there was the demon's prayer. What was it? They said to Jesus, cast us into the herd of pigs. And Jesus granted their request and that's exactly what happened. So you could say in a sense, he answered their prayer. Then there's the people's prayer. They pleaded with Jesus to leave their city. He answered their prayer, if you will, and left their city. Hey, listen, careful what you pray for. You might get it. Now here's the interesting twist. The formerly demon-possessed man also prays, but Jesus did not answer his prayer in the affirmative. Look at Mark chapter five, verse 18. When Jesus got back into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go too. But Jesus said, no, go home to your friends and tell them what wonderful things the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. Thank God for unanswered prayers. Thank God when the Lord overrules your request because he knows what's best for you. Looping back to what I said in the beginning of the message, God has a plan for you. And know this, his plan for you is better than your plan for yourself. So never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. Instead, Jesus sends this man home. He says, go home, tell your friends, tell your family." Tell people what the Lord has done. And this guy had an amazing testimony because everybody knew him. He's a crazy dude that hung out at the graveyard, running around naked, breaking chains and shrieking and howling. 
And now he's a sane man who's been transformed by Christ. And he can say, hey, remember me? Well, God has changed me. Jesus says, transform my life. This story shows that no one is beyond the reach of God. So keep praying for them. Do you know a person that seems to be completely under the power of the devil? And you say to yourself, there's no way I could ever see that person believing in Jesus. What are you talking about? The Bible says with God, all things are possible. Keep praying for that person. Look at this man that he transformed. And I wonder if I'm talking to somebody right now that finds himself under the power of the devil. Maybe it's an addiction you can't break free from. Maybe it's a guilt that you can't get rid of. Maybe it's a hopelessness you cannot shake. If so, call out to him. Call out to him and he'll hear your prayer. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever you are, wherever you are, Christ is the answer. So you have a choice. Like the people in this city, you can say, Lord, stay with us. Or you can say, Lord, go away. There are really no other alternatives. We either ask Jesus to come into our, our lives or we turn him away. We all know that statement where Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. Now think of Jesus standing on your porch at your door knocking right now. But add another thought to it. Let's say you have a glass door, which means you can see him and he can see you. So you can't say, just ignore him. He'll go away. He knows you see him there on your porch knocking. So to not open the door and invite him in is a clear rejection. And Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. These people said, go away. Is that what you'll say to Jesus? Or will you say, come into my life right now? I wonder, wherever you are, if you would just reach out to Jesus now and say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I don't care how powerful your addiction is. I don't care how big your problems are. I don't care about how big of a mess you've made in your life. God is bigger than your problems. God can transform you, but you must call out to him. Listen to this. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to this earth on a rescue mission and died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead. If we'll turn from our sin and put our faith in him, we can be forgiven and we can know with assurance that we'll go to heaven when we die. Wouldn't you like to know that? Jesus can come into your life right here, right now. And in a moment, I'm going to pray. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer that you can pray with me where you will be asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. So if you need Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sin, pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this prayer with me right now. Let's all pray. Father, I pray for everyone that is watching, wherever they are, help them to see their need for you and help them to come to you, we pray. Now, if you want Jesus to come into your life, Pray these words after me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Lord, come into my life. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie with those making a decision for the Lord today. 
And if you've just prayed that prayer with Pastor Greg and you meant those words sincerely, we'd love to welcome you into the family of God. And we'd love to send you some resource materials to help you in your new relationship with the Lord. We call it our New Believers Growth Packet. We'll send it to you without charge if you've prayed for the very first time today with Pastor Greg. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. That's 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. Well, next time we'll see some examples of the simple truth that everybody needs Jesus. More from Pastor Greg's series in Mark called The Gospel for Busy People, right here on A New Beginning. Now, for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called God is Bigger Than Your Problem. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.